0: Just go to indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, what is going on everybody? Welcome to Talk to Buffalo podcast. Part of the Blue Wire network. Happy Casual Friday, everybody. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pam Moran Thank you very much for locking in. Whether this is finding your ears on Spotify or, or Apple, or you're watching us on YouTube. My man, Joe Yerdin, Casual Friday is always... Favorite show of the week. I only do two of them, so I mean it's.
2: <laughs> I, so I, you're I, saying I'm better than the other show? That's,
1: you're better that's than nice. the other show, which sometimes <laughs> is me solo. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good. um Yeah, I don't know. it It's it's been like a, a weird wind down from the birthday on Saturday, list past Saturday. So it's just been kind of in a fog. Not like a drunken fog hangover for days. Fog, just kind of like a everything was everything was whatever. So, yeah. So, yeah, but it's nice. Uh, it, it's nice to kind of just wind down from that and not have to think about getting older for a little bit. So it's nice. It's nice. I'll take it.
1: I celebrated your birthday last Saturday by not drinking with you. That's all <laughs> I, I was in South Buffalo. I told you about it. I, I think it was mm-hmm. the next day, Sunday, I was uh contemplating because I, I think I seen a tweet at some point when you were out, but um yeah, yeah, I was I, at that point, I was not really uh, in too good a condition to go anywhere I else got, anyway.
2: I got to ask it where did you end up going?
1: South Buffalo, man. Molly's, this okay. little dumpy oh. dive bar. I don't want to diss the place because right. it's, it's a lot of fun. It was packed. Right. It's one of those typical, you know how South Buffalo bars for the most part are. They're mm-hmm. neighborhood, little corner dives, but a lot yep. of fun, very busy, a lot of socializing, uh, dancing. It was a good time, man. It was a good no, time for sure. So, yeah, I so. a, a bar with dancing. Yeah, wow. yeah. I don't.
2: I don't know that I ever see dancing unless it's somebody who's thrown back. You're going too to the many wrong. The you're music going style, to the wrong you know? bars, then, bro. I I guess not that i have got to dance. I'm never <laughs> gonna dance. That's that is not my that is not my game, man. But <laughs> man, that's weird. I I yeah. I don't. I mean, it's not like I'm going to clubs. You know, I'm not me neither. Not hitting hit the sky bar or anything like that. Yeah, like, we're that we're happened. too old
1: for that shit, man. No, Let our shit. younger younger listeners and, and Dude, viewers what, do that
2: once i figured out that uh dive bars were more my speed then i stayed at that speed yeah i didn't i didn't need to you know dive bars sports bars and just you know beer bars that's that's about it
1: i've been a dive bar guy for a long time now and mostly mm-hmm. cool. you know and i'm I'm not a single guy looking for, for for chicks but even if you are those are the cool places anyway to to, to go meet people i think i hate clubs You don't catch me yeah, dead at a club anymore no, I, it's like the music's
2: like the least offensive part of the club. It's, yeah. you know, wearing nice, super nice clothes that are just not your style. I mean, not my style. anyway. Maybe, maybe, maybe they could be my style. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I have to wear a button down shirt that's unbuttoned to like the middle of my chest. And, you know, just <laughs> have, Pat,
1: that, have Pat, that gross Pat,
2: hair sticking out,
1: you know, Pat Moran and Joe Jordan, two <laughs> aging guys right now complaining <laughs> about younger clubs. To our probably mostly <laughs> younger audience, you got you to gotta love that. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this, a decent segue anyway. Because I want to get right into things. We'll talk some Sabres. We'll talk Bills. This week, starting five draft, we're going to do best Will Ferrell movies. That'll be fun. But we're talking about younger people, younger crowds, clubs, stuff like that. 15 years ago, this is where I want to start because this week, and, and I didn't know it until I saw it on Twitter, but once I saw it on Twitter, I watched the video over and over and over again. Fifteen years ago this week was the famous Buffalo Sabres, Ottawa Senators, um brawl, line brawl, whatever you want to call it. Everybody on the ice was fighting. And of course, going back to that day, it was two thousand and seven, right? Yeah, two thousand and seven. For yep. yeah, for people who don't remember, Chris Neal hit um Drury, Chris Drury with a really vicious elbow. Bad. And it it was bad. He was bleeding on the ice. I remember the image very well. And again, I was reminded this week on the on the anniversary of it watching the video. And sure enough, Lindy Ruff completely lost his shit. And then on the very next shift, he uh he sent out Andrew Mayer and Andrew Peters and Patrick Coletta and you know, predictably hell ensued. <laughs> you know, the puck <laughs> dropped and they just started going at it right away. And of course that ultimately led to uh Ray Emery and Marty Baron fighting, which was it didn't go over. Kudos to Marty Baron, but you know that, Ray Emery not, was a was not Ray, Marty's fight to Ray, have. Ray Emery was a fighter, and it did not, uh, it did not go very well for him. But anyway, Well, that's
2: why Andrew it, Peters stepped in for him. too. He's he like, no, 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 no. I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll, no, we'll, we'll
1: get to no, that. no, no. Well, I, I'll tell you because I didn't see it at the time, but you know how MSG has those Beyond the Blue series which oh, are yeah. very well mm-hmm. done. Michelle Girardi, she, I mean, she's so good. But I never saw that one. And again, this week on the anniversary, I'm watching that video. And then like the next video up was that I had, and I watched it and it was Duffers sitting down with, um, with Andrew Peters and Coletta and Adam mm-hmm. Mayer and Barron. And they talked about, you know, everything going into what led up to that and just that rivalry and, you know, the fight and all that stuff. And it's just, it, it really got me thinking, Because the fans were just losing their shit, going absolutely crazy. Yeah, the fans were on fire, and it's just so different now. I won't talk about things being different now in a few minutes, but I got like you weren't living in Buffalo yet because I think you moved here a handful of years later. Mm -hmm. But I mean, obviously, very well following the Sabers back then. You're a hockey guy too, so Mm -hmm. you you know a a ton about it. What do you remember from that? Again, fifteen years, and by the way. Fifteen years have flown by because I don't feel like fifteen years to me. Sometimes
2: you said fifteen years, and then I'm just like, "Oh, that's like 2002, right?" That's like, "No, it's 2007," and I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> right? No, no, it can't be." But yeah, it's uh, that was that whole thing was just very weirdly organic, you know, because because Buffalo and Ottawa for those couple of years were really at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was a budding nasty rivalry like up there with the Flyers. Like that was that that's how that sort of set up. Cause you know, they met in the playoffs two years in a row in 06 and in 07. You know, and Ottawa got the better of them in 07. But um it was just so on point to see two teams that you know you meet in the playoffs, you know, that that lights a fuse for a few years. Sure. You know? And you know that that oh six series I don't I don't really remember it being a physically nasty series. I remember there being, pardon me, clear my throat. There, geez, I don't know what's going on here. But um, <laughs> I remember that '06 series being like it was intense. Like that was a very intense series, and uh, it was it was one where it made I think it was the '06 series against Ottawa that made people really hate Brian Smolinski because he had the the cockiest smile when he scored a goal. I forget what game it was, but he scored a goal late that, you know, he thought sealed the game up for Ottawa and Buffalo ended up coming back. And I think Buffalo ended up winning in overtime. Maybe. I don't, I, this is where, this is where me not being here, my you know, sure. yeah. memories get a little bit fuzzy, but, uh, but like the, the, when the fuse gets lit in the playoffs like that, that stuff holds over, you know, in a regular season and anything. And that was seeing that erupt was just kind of like, Whoa. Whoa, all right, okay. regular season, you know, throwdown, like that, you don't see stuff like that normally happen. I mean, it, every once in a while, you'll see a couple of teams just you know, both get get out of the uh, you know, the gray days of February and just decide, screw it, we're fighting. But like that was born out of meeting each other in the playoffs and having that history. And you know when when you run a guy who's basically the captain, you know, I mean it's it's Chris Drury. He's one of the you know, him and Briere were the best players on the team. And Chris Neal was not exactly the best player on the Ottawa team. Uh he, he was, well, he's good at, very good at a couple of things. Throwing body checks and throwing dirty hits was what Chris Neal was good at. Uh and that was one that he threw at Drury and
1: It was filthy. Like, it was filthy. There's been, there's no defending brutal
2: it. Brutal hit. Brutal hit. No, yeah, zero defending it. And yeah, like that was the proper response. Now the funny thing is, if Lyndie Ruff does that now and sends sends out a line like that right after an incident. He's probably getting fined. He might even get a suspension from the league for doing that. Because like, oh look, can't you can't be taking the law in your own hands? It's like, I guess <laughs> you know, like I I, I suppose so. Um, but like that was, you know, it those moments really. That's like a, in that like the bridging area era for me where, you know, growing up with you know with the 80s hockey where it was high scoring, high hitting, very punchy, like lots of fights. You know, every team had a guy that was just like, OK, they're you know, this team's coming to town, you know, our heavyweight and their heavyweights. They're going to meet at some point. Sure. And, you know, that 07, 06, 07, like that era was over. But there were still some holdover guys. There were still some guys that had come up through that era or they had grown up at that time or, you know, maybe they were rookies, you know, towards the, towards the end of that. And that, that was Colette, that was Colette's
1: first game. That was his any, that was his debut. Wow. I believe that's what I saw on B- I, which I did not know. Wow. And, or I don't, I didn't remember until I watched it. What a, what a baptism. <laughs> it felt, you know, it, Joe, I would say that I would use a comparison for this. And I don't want to use anyone on the Sabres because quite frankly, I don't think <laughs> most fans care about the Buffalo Sabres all too much right now, but they very much care about the Buffalo Bills. Back in those days, back in those days, like it was, no, oh, that was, well, it was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, dude, it was like people how they feel about the Buffalo Bills right now, man. It's like how they feel about the, the, the team right now, the Bills, not the Sabres. And I would say this would be the equivalent, like the New England Patriots are a rival. It would be the equivalent. Uh, of Matthew Judon rushing Josh Allen and uh, taking a dirty cheap shot and, and trying to take his knee out. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. reaction from fans would be the same right now if somebody tried doing that to Josh Allen. So, again, I mean, some things are borderline dirty. And if you're the, you know, if, if it's a Sabre who's doing the dirty, you could try to defend it. But there's mm-hmm. not really in this case. There just there wasn't any defending it at all, man. It, it was just... uh it, it was really dirty, man. And, yeah, and it set, yeah. it set off the shit storm. And you, it's kind of like when you know a fight's coming because you knew a fight was coming. And mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Well, yo,
2: shit. Lindy was about ready to jump on the ice himself and yeah. throw some punches. He went. I. Uh,
1: he, he went nuts. He 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 did go nuts. Uh, for people who are watching this on YouTube, well, he's already. He he tried climbing up and then he kind of fell down, which he's lucky he didn't hurt himself. But he just continued screaming at Brian Murray, mm-hmm. and uh, it went on, but. If you're Marty Baron, man, and you and you got to score up with Ray Emery, man, uh, you know no. it's not going to go well. But hey, you know, props no. to <laughs> Baron, though. I mean, he 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 did what he had to do.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he could have been had, worse. He, he had a weird, he had a bit of a smile on his face, probably because he was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And could, even right, you know, even that picture, the, the picture we've got on the on on the YouTube video for this, like even Ray Emery's smiling, he's. Ray Ray's probably smiling for a different reason. Ray's probably like, I'm going to beat your ass into the ground. This is not even going to be close. And if nobody remembers Ray, Ray Emery, you know, the, or the late Ray Emery, I should say. Yeah. You know, Horrible, horrible death uh, a couple of years back. But he um, the way uh, he he got in trouble when he was with the uh, the Flyers. Uh, because he had a he had a goalie mask design, and he wanted to put Mike Tyson on the side because he loved boxers. He you know he loved Joe Frazier, you know Ali Tyson, all those guys, and he wanted to put Tyson on his goalie mask. And the league had to be like, dude, the guy just went to jail not that long ago for rape. You can't be putting him on your mask. We're not cool with that. And like he played for Philly, and it's like, okay, we'll throw Joe Frazier on the mask. Like that's perfect. You know, Philly Joe Frazier's from Philly. You can't you can't win more you know you can't win more local you know local votes than, than by doing that but um but Ray was Ray would fight uh and if a goalie ever left their crease during a scrap or something like that Ray would just be like all right let's go it's go time baby let's do this I and, think he uh, could
1: have killed Marty I I he think he, he was smiling me. I don't think he 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 wanted to beat him but he didn't he didn't want to we could have put him in the hospital that's yeah. what I'm saying and yeah. he didn't I,
2: that's the thing like the goalies have all the padding but you know when you take the helmets off you know you're not protecting your head anymore. <laughs>
1: with, with, with Andrew Peters he uh I saw him that beyond the blue and gold special which again that aired a couple years ago and I just watched it but Andrew Peters I'm pretty sure he said that he didn't even realize cuz he was in his own scruff and stuff I don't even right. think he knew that Barron was fighting him until mm-hmm. the very end and that's when he made a beeline towards him and next thing yeah. you know you got which I know it's happened before, but I personally can't remember um, a guy just making a beeline for a goalie and, and fighting with him like that. And it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that one sided either. I mean, Peter's got some good shots in, and Emery again. I got this for people watching on YouTube. I got a a, um, a photo of he's got a smile on his face as Andrew's trying to tee off on him man but it was just wild seeing a skater your your goon Andrew Peters fighting with a goalie which again considering what happened to Drury Mm -hmm. which is your Josh Allen at that time it's uh it was justified man it is just so wild but through all these fights Joe I mean it's fun to reminisce about what happened but what I remember most finally now looking back is just the fans again everyone's on the edge of their seats And yeah, because of that fight, sure. But I'm just saying, it just reminded me because sometimes we forget because it's been so long now. It just reminded me how electric the arena used to be. I guess that's what I'm trying to get to that. That arena was electric almost on a nightly basis back 15 years ago. Yeah. I was going to say
2: the, the electric atmosphere at the arena, it's, it's popped up a few times over the past few years, you know, that 10 game win streak. You sure. Know, uh, a couple of years back, every home game, you know, especially the seven-one win over the Flyers that they had, I think that was like win eight or nine in that run, uh, where they just they mopped the floor with Philly, and the the every goal, of the place was just going bonkers, and you know, the, you know, the place is packed out. I know seems weird compared to now because the place is never packed out, but uh, but you know, the fans were going wild. They're doing the you know one two three, you know, we want more, you know, sure, they're doing yeah, yeah. that stuff like. You know like that i hear that stuff and it's it's like a throw throw over to my college hockey times where <laughs> you know the you know the student sections always do that stuff sure, after yeah, yeah team scores you know counting it off taunting the goalie like that stuff's fun um but like this you know missing out on those times now it's 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 rough like you know especially because like regular season games can be really tough to you know get that kind of feeling into them And that's all the sabers have had to to go on the last 11 years is just regular season you need to have you know try to drum up some kind of hype and you know mania for for regular season games really tough and you know the fact that that happened then i mean you know helped that you know the sabers were suddenly one of the best teams in the nhl and you know ottawa was as well and you know that's a that's a big tilt you know it sounds crazy to hear buffalo and ottawa that's a big what do you mean like that's crazy and no, it really was. Sure. You know, uh, you know, I think of the, like the last few years when, when Zdeno Chara was with Boston and, you know, Boston would come through and you'd think that, you know, when it was him and Lucic on the team, you'd think that, you know, fans would be booing every time Lucic touched the puck because of what he did to Miller. But no, it was Chara. Chara was the guy that got the, the brunt of the booze because, and it was because of all that stuff in 06 and 07. Like that was, that's what really. Stuck with everybody was was how you know how much of a menace Chara was to deal with. I mean, he's one of the best defensemen that we've seen in the last you know fifteen years. But, um, but those memories don't fade. Like that's uh, you know that's the thing. Like those those memories don't fade, and the, the way people you know wrap their arms around this moment, it you understand why you know. And you think of the things that have happened since then, especially the Lucic Miller thing, which you know uh, that. <laughs> that moment to me is what sent this franchise spiraling because they, because they tried to get answers for that moment, each of like the next two or three off seasons, you know, they go inside John Scott, they, you know, doing all these things to try to toughen the team up because they didn't, you know, nobody stood up for, for Miller. And, you know, they were trying to recoup that because of, you know, if that happens in Oh, 06, six, seven. I mean, you know, Lindy Ruff is coming down choking somebody like that's, you know, I'm surprised they didn't do it then, honestly, but, um, but like that, you know, not having that kind of response, it's you know, it, it can make people mad. And like Buffalo fans, especially, it's they feed on that stuff. You know, they feed on defending each other and sticking up for each other and you know, playing physical hockey. Like that's that's something that you know, Buffalo, Boston, Philly, like those cities like that, like if their teams are playing physical and playing well, fans eat it up. Yeah, you know, like everybody loves that stuff. You know, it sounds weird to say that about certain cities and teams, but that's totally the case, you know. Like, if you have, you know, if the Bruins were, like, a, you know, a, a highly skilled but not physical team, like, people would enjoy it, but it wouldn't have the same oomph, you know? Same for Philly. Philly's always had, like, a couple of guys that were really rough around the edges, and it was just kind of like, oh, okay, like, steer clear because they got X, Y, and Z guy. Like, you know, Buffalo was, you know, they had a whole line, you know, essentially, like, a whole lineage of guys that were just like, whoa, whoa. We got to back up here you know it starts with it starts with rob ray and go you know you got brad may you get you know barnaby you know then it comes into you know the new era you got peters you've got coletta and those guys and it's like you weren't running you weren't running a foul with those guys buzzing about like that was just not something that was going to happen
1: the you know, boogeyman bob boobner was Bugner. oh man the, oh, <laughs> that's another guy too. yeah boobner was so good yeah you know, i mean he was so good at like
2: laying it like laying the body and just <laughs> you know, play, you know, playing physical and just being like nobody's nobody's going inside. You know, nobody's going to do anything wrong while I'm out here.
1: You know, what was the, f- the um as good as that fight was. And if you're a fan and you're like in your, and there's the, uh, there's the weekly Joe, uh, Joe Yurden fire alarm outside of his house. I don't
2: like that because, because now my microphone turns all the way up because it wants to get the sound of the sirens. (laughs) So then I talk and it's like, whoa, whoa.
1: (laughs) Anyway, for, for Sabre fans who, if you're in your twenties, like mid twenties, late twenties, you remember fairly well. 15, if you've been watching the team for that long, 15 years ago with the Sabres senators, But I'll tell you, that wasn't the coolest uh, line fight for me or just the goalies too. For me, it was 1996. And I went back after I was done watching up on all the Ottawa stuff. Like I said, I started getting sentimental and remembering a lot of this stuff. I went back to 1996 when the Sabres played the Flyers at the arena. And holy shit, man, as as crazy as uh, Buffalo, Ottawa was, (laughs) Philly and the Sabres probably hated each other even more. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Barnaby was being who he was doing Matt Barnaby things in front of the net. Somebody <laughs> laid his ass out and he was down mm-hmm. and he was acting like he was dead. And you know guys around him shit. Nick Bradmay was out there and a mm-hmm. was out there and they're all kind of you know and they're in scrums, but they're not like dropping the gloves and completely fighting yet. And then at one point a ref's checking on Barnaby when he's down and Garf Snow takes his goalie stick and he pokes Barnaby and then all Ooh. of a sudden Barnaby just drops his gloves, goes flying, and he. P- Almost as shit out of Garf Snow, <laughs> and he's down. Oh, who's the goalie? Truffle off, I think was the goalie. I, th- I think that's the goalie. Uh, was it him or was
2: it Steve Shields?
1: No, it was. It wasn't Shields. It was, was Trufelov. Okay. I was going to say Shields was. He came down while yeah. he was. He gave a couple uppercuts to Snow, and then they eventually squared off, and, and Snow got the better of him. And then Rob Brindamore mm. and, and and Barnaby went at it for what felt like fifteen minutes. But you could see that. I mean, Rick Generet's going crazy, and you yeah. could see on. Uh, you know, just the fans. It was just, it was just an electric moment. But yeah, man, it was, um, it was, it was just funny because Barnaby just looked like he was dead, and then all of a sudden he was fit, He was playing possum, basically. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And the second car, Snow oh, yeah. poked him a little bit with his stick, he just jumped up. I tweeted at Mark, Matt Barnaby earlier this week, and he goes, mm-hmm. "I wish I would have had, or wish I could find a good picture of me punching him." Cause I, I apparently Matt Barnaby's writing a book or something. I don't fucking know. But anyway, he, he he did he did tweet that, and that fight was crazy. And it's just, dude, you know, it's like again that era, and then they weren't always even great teams, but mm-hmm. the the fans just were they were alive. And again, yeah. going back to the to the two thousand six two thousand seven that era, the fans. I know you remember in the playoffs, the party in the plazas and and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, it was All just the videos uh, of those were wild. Yeah, like, it just, was wild. It, it was so cool. They would, have the,
2: they would have the playoff games on like cable or you know on ESPN or whatever. And every time there was a Buffalo goal or a goal against, they would cut right you know cut right to the party you know the plaza party to get the reaction. And it was just, it was just like whoa, like these people are outside watching the game like that's or just like listening to the game on the radio and react. I mean, it's, it was not, so I mean, cool. Pretty sure you could hear you know if somebody scored you would you would hear the you would hear the crowd from outside you're on I'm the west side right you're
1: way. on the west side right now you might have flirted with hair uh, <laughs> and a sabers go all the way from downtown well you wouldn't be here not today because again i, I feel like partying the plaza crowds and that kind of enthusiasm we're a long way from that right now you yeah. know i mean well, again I and mean, yeah. we've talked about it on this show plenty there is some hope for optimism with these good young players but Look, man, you got to win some more games. You know, I, I get it. Again, <laughs> neither of us expect them to be a contender right now or a playoff team or even a legitimate, serious playoff contender. But, you know, injuries, COVID, goaltending, signing, blah, 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 blah.
0: Yeah. Bottom
1: line, bro, 52 games they played this year. They they got 16 times they've walked off with the W. You know, 16 times in in 52 games. They've lost four in a row. Uh, they've lost, uh, what is it, seven of their last nine. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night in Montreal, one of the more – I mean, Montreal's played better of late. Uh, I think that yeah, was like their fourth straight win. They're a much different
2: team now with Marty St. Louis. Yeah, coach yeah, now, yeah. I so, can't believe Marty St. Louis is a coach now. Oh yeah, my God. This, yeah. this, this is the stuff that ages me even more. Your
1: birthday, Marty oh, St. Louis, a coach. God. Yeah, you're getting old, bro. But I watched Marty play in friggin' college, man. <laughs> like, It wasn't a pretty – Wednesday night was a pretty embarrassing – I it was, thought it was, anyway. It was a pretty embarrassing a effort. Game. Let me ask you one uh, question, Joe. I want to ask you one question, because I'm confused by this. Mm-hmm. I know that Granato's trying to find lines at work. I understand that. And Kyle Ocposo mm-hmm. right now is out with a non-COVID illness. And I see these line combinations, and, you know, we go do them in our head a lot. And we still mm-hmm. are waiting. You know, Quinn will be back at some point. Paterka. And Gergensen isn't back. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Ocposo. But that second line, which he ran at practice and, and then played, um three center Krebs Middlestat and and Cousins those are Mm -hmm. I mean we're talking over the last couple weeks whether it's you and I on this podcast or I'm just talking to other Sabre fans I'm like oh we got Thompson we got Krebs we got we got four good centers we put three of them on the same line (laughs) I now I know these guys move around a little bit and and stuff like that but it just I don't know felt weird does it feel like to you since Middlestack came back, it's like they kind of don't know what to do to make it fit. By the way, Olsen, too, I should have mentioned him. Um mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, is it Middlestack coming back and they just don't know how to make these lines work? What do you think is going on? Why do you got three setters on the same line is what I'm asking you. <laughs> I,
2: I don't like doing that kind of stuff, you know, same same position all one line. Like that's that's a video game move for me where you're just kind of like, oh, I don't have enough guys at this position. i oh, screw it. Just put them all here. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, they, they've 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 moved those centers around and had them, some of them play wing from time to time, you know, you know, every, all three of those guys, you know, middle stats play time of the wing. Krebs has cousins has like they all have, the, you know, this is, this is the time of the year where Don should be doing weird stuff, you know, just to see what works, try it out see if it works, if it sticks,
1: fair, cool. If
2: it doesn't blow it up last night, that line lasted not even a whole period. Right. Like, you know, they, cause I mean, it helped that they got down early, but like, he pulled that line apart, you know, pretty early on in the game. Cause I think it was, it's, it's totally a, let's see what the, let's see if they can, let's see if we spark something here. You know, I, you know, I've heard, you know, I've listened to some stuff lately. You know, I heard Rob Ray on with, with Bulldog this week, uh, talking about, I like think they got talking about that, you know, 2007 Ottawa thing where he's, he's, he's in the, uh, between the benches listening to Lindy and, and Brian Murray screaming at each other and
1: that was funny it was he, underrated moment during all that yeah
2: <laughs> the picture you showed with with Razor standing right there just like mm,
1: kind of covering okay. his covering his microphone a little bit too <laughs> or his uh, eye well, yeah, hang on is it is
2: well the thing the thing is uh Ray said uh, that he had RJ in his ear, telling him to cover up the microphone because they didn't want any swears getting out of the right. air. And I'm like, wow, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But also, like, they're gonna hear it anyways, man. There's sure. not enough. His razor's got big hands; he's not gonna muffle out all that sound. But, um, but yeah, it's you know th- this this time of year for for the Sabers, just try it. try stuff out. There's there's no need to to really get stuck on things, you know. It, Don had said, I think it was about a week ago, saying that you know, hey, like none of these lines are written in stone. You know, even the you know the Tuck Thompson Skinner line, he was just kind of like, he's like, you know, we could jumble some things around there just to kind of see what's happening, what works, and whatnot. And listen, this is the season to do it. You know, if you if you know if you're down the road, you know, next season or the season after, and they become a really good team, you don't want to tinker with with stuff like that and find out you know things that you know later on where. You know, you're trying to win games down the stretch, and you you can't really play all loose and free like that. And just be like, ah, screw it, three centers on a line. Let's see if it works. Like, you can't you can't do stuff like that. All these young forwards, they've you know, whether they were centers or wingers, they've gotten time at both positions. You know, like that's that's just the way they've done it. They did it with Quinn for a little bit uh, in Rochester last year. Uh, you know, Cousins has gotten time on the wing. You know, not regularly, but like enough. Uh, Krebs has played, you know, played on the wing occasionally here, just, you know, just because they're trying to ease up on the defensive responsibility of playing center because there's a weakness right now in Krebs' game. It's probably his defensive work, but again, he's the kid, you know, like that, that's, you're going to have the, you're going to have these growing pains and these kinds of things happening. So I, I, you know, listen, I, I didn't like seeing it, you know, honestly, I didn't like seeing it, but I, but I get it. I totally get it. Like try, try stuff out see if it works. I mean, listen, trying stuff out and see if it works is how you get Thompson, you know, be becoming your number one center, playing great. Like that's, that's the way that works. Sometimes stuff is gonna play out great and it's gonna work. Sometimes it just isn't.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right. I'm back with Joe Yarden and we're going to switch gears here. I want to talk a little bit of Buffalo Bills and more specifically. So Joe on Tuesday, and I'm sure you probably didn't get a chance to to watch the show because nobody who ever is on the show watches the show unless they're on the show. That's what Joe from Queens. Oh, I'm sorry. Buffalo Wins told me (laughs) Um, but anyway, seriously, I never I,
2: watched the, I never watch my own episodes. I can't stand. Yeah. So you know what? I'm I'll, not a big fan myself, of it either. Really, I'm not a big I've fan a of it either.
1: I've been <laughs> doing it lately because we've been doing some video stuff and I'm trying to see what works, what doesn't work well and stuff like that. But yeah, most part, I don't even watch my own episodes back or listen to them. I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you. But anyway, all right. So I, I did an episode where I had fans send in tweets and I asked people to send me your biggest bold off season bills predictions, Buffalo bills predictions. And got a lot of them, you know, a lot of them were trading for big time defensive ends or, you know, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, fun to talk about might not happen, but at least it's fun to talk about. Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings, good buddy of mine, Mm -hmm. tweeted. And and I want to talk about this one specifically because I think and it's not bold and which is kind of I I think the point. I think this is the thing that's most likely to happen. I'm going to throw it up here. On the screen, I'll read it. Anthony Marino tweeted this. I want to get your reaction. My bold prediction is that the Bills do nothing bold. Sign a bunch of vets looking to get a ring to minimum to minimum type contracts to fill the holes on the roster. And I'm like, well, that's kind of boring, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, the more I think about it, I think that that realistically could happen, man. I mean, you're, I think based on what we've seen from Brandon Bean, at least last year. I mean, a couple years ago, Brandon Bean was a lot more aggressive in pursuing talent in free agency. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like in 2019, when they went after like John Brown and Cole Beasley and and players like they did a lot in free agency. And then 2020 is when they traded for Stephon Diggs. But last Mm -hmm. year was more about, let's take care of our own. Like they they, uh, extended Deion Dawkins, they resigned Matt Milano. They resigned Darrell Williams. You know, they're their core players. They invested in their core players. And they filled a couple holes through free agency. Like they brought in Emmanuel Sanders and uh because they, you know, John Brown was gone, so they had to get a receiver. One year guy. They gotta sign a lot of guys to so one and two year deals. You know, F E Obata is somebody that they brought in from Carolina to play defensive end, that didn't really work out too well. Um, but my point was, is they really weren't, they weren't splashy in free agency. You know, they was about re-signing their own, extending a couple of their guys and just drafting. And then they went into the draft and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I mean, they drafted two defensive ends. One of them for sure looks like a good starter. They got Spencer Brown, the third round came back. So they took two tackles, two defensive ends. That was their strategy. You know, continue to build on the draft. You look at. This offseason, right now, and plus, we need to say this as well. The Bills, well, any team could get creative. They could push money back. They could restructure. You can always create money. This is the NFL, man. Mm -hmm. They just kick the can down the road, is like the model for most teams. Salary cap
2: is a figment of everything. Yeah, it's it's a myth.
1: And a lot of people say that. And to some extent, I think it is true. But when it comes to the Bills this offseason, what do you think the play is going to be? Not necessarily what you think it should be, because I know we both mm-hmm. have opinions on that. But how do you think Brandon Bean is going to play this offseason? Because you're looking at a team that's on the cusp. They are literally right now the Vegas favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, which mm-hmm. means absolutely freaking zero to me. But I mean, <laughs> the point is, is that they're considered a, a front runner next year. Do you think this is a a year where Brandon Bean should go out and try to get a Stefan Diggs via trade? You know, in a different position. Or do you say, let's just continue to take care of their own bill for the long term and uh, just continue? You want draft picks, you don't want to give them up. What what do you think Brandon Bean's thinking right now? I'm thinking because they
2: don't really have to do a lot of tinkering. Let's let's be honest, this team's set up very well, right? Uh, but there are a couple of positions where you could say, well, we can use some help. You know, I, th- I think, you know, the lot, li- you know, both lines are one of it. You know, if edge rusher, you know, they've talked about that. Um, you know, receiver, it depends on what they do with Beasley and whatever. And you know, I think they, they seem set with Diggs and and uh, Gabe Davis. So like you don't really have to mess with a lot of that stuff. Running back, I don't know. Singletary seemed to play really well at the end of the season once they decided, like, oh, hey, we can run the ball too. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, but if you have a position that they if there's a position they feel that they have, you know, maybe not a huge weakness at, but like that's a little bit softer than the others. If there's an opportunity to go get a maybe not necessarily like a home run, but like somebody who's like an upper upper level, upper tier guy, strike for it. You know, go for it. If if somebody's going to trade you an edge rusher or if there's somebody out there that, you know, is unhappy in their situation, make a run at it. You know, take a shot, take a swing. Because, you know, listen, Bean kind of dropped the ball deadline, trade deadline this past season. You know, he didn't upgrade, you know, didn't get any help.
1: He didn't do anything. Yeah,
2: Right. You know, it's not even upgrading position. He didn't do anything. Um, and there were obvious holes that, that could have been not, if not filled, then, you know, just added depth to it to make it better. The O line obviously was one, um, but it's, you know, you don't, he doesn't have to do a ton, you know, everything's right there and in place, you know, I mean, like what, what's their big off season shopping list looking like, what another punter. Ooh. Okay. The team that never wants to punt is going to go get another punter because. You need somebody who can actually do it when they're called upon, you know, like that's, that's, you know, like that's, that's, that's like a basic thing, but you know, should, I think it's too hard I, to find a punter.
1: I think they're going to look more than, than a punter. I would say for me, and I think a lot of people are overthinking things right now. And sometimes it just stares you in the face. Last year it was defensive end and they went draft heavy with them. Plus again, they signed Obata. I think, cornerback is going to be a position this year that they're going to target, whether it is, uh for well, first of all, you got Trey White. So, and he, he had his, it's like a nine to 12 month injury. So that puts him back at the earliest August. So, I mean, you're flirting with, you know, a month away from the season starting, assuming everything goes well. And that's on the, the short end of his recovery. So you got a guy coming off major ACL. Levi Wallace is a free agent. And this is what I'm kind of talking about. Where Brandy Bean might say, we're assuming, Do you? if we would have taped this, we haven't been doing this show, you and I, for quite a year. But I, I'm pretty confident if we were doing this this time last year and we discussed Matt Milano, we would have been saying goodbye, Matt Milano. Because yeah. people were saying he's going to get, you know, $16 million, his five-year deal somewhere else. And he's going to go get himself paid. And what happened? He didn't even hit free agency. He signed a yep. four-year, I think $44 million deal, something like that. He's getting like 11, 12 million a year. But my point being, he's got a little bit less than what the mark, what we thought based on what we read and, and heard and saw. He wanted to be here and he stayed. Levi Wallace, right now the projections are him getting eight, nine million a year. If that happens, see you later. Good, I, I like yeah. Levi Wallace, but the bills aren't yeah, going to yeah. pay him, nor should they pay him. Yeah. They already spent too much money in their secondary between Trey and... Employer and Hyde and Teron Johnson. Mm -hmm. But my point is this, they might have a a pretty good focus on trying to get Levi Wallace back, taking care of their own. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving on. So even if, so if they lose him, now you got uh, an injured Trey White coming back and Dane Jackson, that's it. They're going to sign a veteran in free agency, especially Mm -hmm. if they lose Levi Wallace. That might be one of those bigger uh, splashy signings. Now, I don't know specifically it might be i wouldn't be surprised if they keep that first round pick joe i'd be Mm -hmm. willing to bet right now my money i know people say edge and line and receiver my money right now if this draft was tomorrow the bills are drafting a cornerback with the first round they might draft a cornerback in the second round too just Mm -hmm. like they went back to back positions twice last year in the draft so yeah yeah i you know i i
2: i hadn't thought about that position at all because i just automatically think well you got trey white you're good not that i forgot about the injury i know Know, right, scary. yeah, like right. ACLs right. are ACLs are rough, and you know, recovering from that is tough. Especially when you run, and you got to be fast like that. Like that's, it's asking a lot. But I, it's not like I'm. I, I wouldn't be sweating him. You know, getting him proper. You know, getting proper rehab and getting him proper. Right,
1: shape right, right, but, right, right.
2: But yeah, the um, poss- possibly losing a another corner. You know, possibly losing Levi Wallace on free agency is, I mean, that's tricky because. And, you know, I, I remember when when they recently, when they gave Teron Johnson that extension, everybody's like, oh, they got the best nickel back in the league. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's cool. Like, And you, you, they gave him a bunch of money for it, too. Like, that's great. Like, you know, everybody plays nickel now. So, like, that's, you know, I, that, that's fine. But in, in my old school mind, I'm just kind of like, yeah, but can he play normal corner, too? Because he might need to do that. You know, is he good at playing straight up? you know, regular on the outside. The yeah. Not his yeah. thing,
1: but yeah. No, I, right. I, I So, yeah,
2: you know, so like, I mean, you, you give a bunch of money like that. I'm always kind of like, that's, that seems like a luxury spend, you know, like giving Saran Neal a giant, a nice, you know, very nice deal for Saran. Good for him. But like, he's mostly on your special teams. Like, you know, and I get, I get, you know, great special teams players is a very touchy subject in Buffalo. I understand. It but still like, is. It still yeah. is.
1: Right now, today, as we tape this, it still is. So, Ron Neal, there was something on Twitter, Joe. I just kind of want to piggyback what you're talking about. Yeah. This being a, a touchy subject. I, I can't remember. He was interviewed by somebody, and he said that he, he don't expect anybody to talk about the squib kick, what happened, the communication. He said, don't don't bother. Ask. He basically insinuated, don't bother asking because nobody on this team is going to talk and tell, and tell yeah. what happened
2: okay i mean
1: good luck with
2: that good luck with that you know i mean people are gonna ask about it
1: they're gonna keep asking as they should but anyway i
2: mean you're not doing your job as a reporter if you don't ask about it hey what happened in that really dumb moment in the really big game like wait you know can you tell me what went down there but i mean you know saran neal he's you know he's he's a depth secondary guy but i mean you know I I think towards the end of the year, anytime that he had to step in in the secondary, he was taking a bad penalty, you know, it's like, okay, man, like back, you know, worry about kicks and punts and and getting downfield first and all that. But like, that's, I mean, spending money like that. And listen, I, I, like I said, figment of your imagination is what the cap is like, that's, it's all fake. It's all fake. Don't even believe that it's there. You know, when the Cowboys and Niners, when they first put the cap in place started being like, yeah, but who cares? you know, just spend money and get in the playoffs and, and take a shot, take a swing for the play for the Super Bowl. Like that's, that's the spot the bills are in right now. You don't need to be frugal about things. You don't need to do any, you know, just be like pinch pennies around, you know, here and there. Just no, like that.
1: They're not in the position to do that stuff. So they're not going to um, be the Rams. The, I don't know. It's no. just not, it's not Brandon beans. It's just not his, his thing. I can't see them going crazy in free agency. I can't see him giving up first round picks, multiple first round picks for a guy. It would be nice. It would be nice to get a, you know, an elite pass rusher via trade. It would Mm -hmm. be nice to sign someone like that. It would be nice to make that big, big move. And you could just, you did, you just did justify why, but I, I just don't think they're going to do it. I think Saran, Saran Neal resigning who they gave him the biggest contract for a special teams player in the NFL just this past week. And he is an elite special teams player who could do some things at corner. You don't want him out there starting, you know, if he's got to yeah, play he, a series like or a two safety. Yeah. And, yeah. That's yeah, what he is. Exactly what he is. He's that backup nickel, but I, I I'm just, I'm, I'm becoming more and more convinced that I, I think they're going to have a, an offseason similar to the last one, Resigning Harrison Phillips, I think is going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be a priority. It's going to be a, uh, resigning wallace maybe resigning um isaiah mckenzie that's another one yeah and
2: uh <laughs> well, does he <laughs> even stay like that's that's the thing does isaiah mckenzie even stay you know i think i think that's that to me is a really interesting conversation they're going to have, have, to, pay because, have know, to pay him. they're like, going to have to pay him. well a you have to pay him b you have to find a place to put him in the lineup because if you're i think everybody's expecting that beasley's got to get bought out but maybe brought back in at a lower you know at less money i
1: don't I, but like, I, I'm in the minority I mean, if they do
2: that, where are you putting McKenzie then? Like, are you going to go four wide all the time? Like, I you can't, I mean, you can, but like.
1: I'm in the minority, can't. Joe. I, I think Cole Beasley's done in Buffalo. I don't, yeah, I don't I, think he wants to be, I don't think he wants to be, it's not the football team. It's not the football players. Yeah. It's not the teammates. I just, without getting into another conversation, yeah. I just mm-hmm. don't think he wants to be in the state of New York anymore. Yeah. So but, I think he's yeah. going to be on and so we'll see him with the dolphins then soon or the mm, Texans or <laughs> <yeah, we'll see laughs> go back to Dallas, maybe go back to Dallas, maybe play for Houston. I don't know I could see him for a Florida or a Texas team. Yeah. If that's what Tampa, you're at, Well, not Jacksonville, I, but yeah. I, I think a guy like, I think they would like to get McKenzie back. I, again, though, if you're going to resign your own, I mean, mm-hmm. and then, then you got extensions, guys who are going to be coming up soon. You got uh, Dawson Knox is going into the last year of his contract. Jordan Poyer, ditto. Tremaine Edmonds, his fifth year, which is a whole other conversation because you're yeah, that's, that's right. But my point is they might decide, hey, let's lock them up. I'm not saying they're going mm-hmm. to, I'm just saying it, it's possible they could. Um, I think well, Mitch the, Morris think, is going in. Maybe they want to redo a deal for Mitch Morris who was really good yeah. this year. He's mm-hmm. going in the final year of his deal. Maybe they want to bring Jerry Hughes back for one more year at three or $4 million because he still has value. I think they were a, a lot of
2: pressure last year. That's the thing. Like he was, he didn't get to the like he wasn't getting sacks, but he got a ton was, of pressure. He
1: was way better than what his stats indicated for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting. The, Jonathan, it's, it's it's a busy busy day in the neighborhood. It's a busy busy fire day in a, <laughs> on the west side today. Anyway, I, I'm just I'm more I'm more amped to thinking that that's how the Bills are going to approach this offseason. I think they might yeah. plug a couple holes in free agency, very similar to last year. I don't see them giving up draft picks for, for veterans in, in trade. I just I don't see it, man. I'm not saying I don't want them to do it. I'm not saying yeah. if they can find the the defensive end or the cornerback version of Stefan Diggs and they got to give up their first and their third, mm-hmm. fucking do it, man. I will be yeah. I will be on my feet clapping and cheering for it to happen. I mm-hmm. just don't think it's going to.
2: I I the Bills are in a they're in a spot right now where they would be justified in doing that
1: absolutely right now absolutely
2: but they're also in a spot where if, if the opportunity is there to do that this year and they don't do it they come up short again then you're saying okay we'll do it this next year and then at that point has has things have things slid maybe a little bit too far you mm-hmm. know like i think that's uh, you know that's not like a doomsday thought and I think that's a, and I think that's a and proper way to look at it because every year weird shit can happen you and know,
1: your quarterback's yeah. going to get forty million dollars in come twenty twenty three and this year's cap it's like right. eighteen or something very that's what manageable
2: I mean, that's where i think like if, if if you if you pulled a not even a full rams i just mean like a half rams you know not you know don't you know don't give up everything that you can to to fill out every position but like if that's what i was saying like if there's if there's a position where there's somebody that you can get that is going to make you immediately better at that spot and become an immediate game changer. Do the trade. Yeah. Do it. (laughs) Just do it and don't look back.
1: And don't go full Rams. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) All right. Yeah. The Rams might be a, we're we're talking about just the philosophy of the Rams. The bills are not in the same position in the Rams because the Rams needed a quarterback. So they gave up the farm to get one. Hey, dude, you got a super bowl ring. It already paid off. I don't give right. a shit. If you could go. It's already, oh, yeah, you already won. You could like, suck for the next five years. You got your Super Bowl ring. Nine out of 10 Bills fans would sign up for one Super Bowl and then five or six years of sucking immediately after. I sure as hell know that I would. But the but Rams. Science,
2: what, what are the Lions going to do with the, with the draft picks? Are they going to make the Rams look bad for doing it? No, of course not. not absolutely.
1: Please. Absolutely
2: The thirty-second pick is going to be a, a difference maker for the for the Lions. That's going to put them in the Super Bowl. No, <laughs> but it, Lions have a thousand problems.
1: If you want to go full Rams, and again, the Bills don't have a need at any position like the Rams did at quarterback. But if you want to go Rams, this is if there's ever a year to do it, it's going to be this year because again, I don't know that you're going to be more favored. Be yeah, you got cat. You got. I mean, they're not in good cap shape, but again. Joe, that's a bunch of bullshit. They could do what right. they got to do. They need, if they want a player, they can go get them. Yeah, if they can structure other
2: deals, do, you know, do, do whatever.
1: If there's ever a case to go get a shutdown corner to play with Trey White, or if there's ever a case to go get a guy who could get you 15 sacks, uh, Denell Hunter is, is a great defensive end for Minnesota. He immediately comes to mind. You could trade for a guy like that, or you want to say, Hey, you know what? Let's just make this <laughs> offense ridiculous. Let's go get a, a wide receiver that's just unstoppable to play with with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Calvin, mm-hmm. that's a perfect name. You go get a Calvin Ridley and you have Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis with Calvin fucking Ridley? Are you kidding me? And Dawson mm-hmm. Knox? Good luck. You're Good not luck gonna, everybody else. You're not going <laughs> to give up a first round pick and you you know, worry to worry about the future in the future. Yeah. Got to do it, man. It's going to be that fun. You-
2: I love that you picked out a Minnesota, a guy playing for the Vikings. I'm sure the Vikings are very eager to do another trade with the Bills. That's gonna make them. That's gonna make them look like they got pants. Like well, I'm
1: sure. I'm sure, the Vikings really want to do that. Well, no, I'll, I'll tell you what though. The Vikings got. <laughs> I think that was a win-win trade. Justin Jefferson's a beast, man. So you know, he's, I, I, he, I, he's not quite Stefan Diggs, but he's a. Right. Hell of a, that's the point. <laughs> he's a. Well. It's a trade It, worked out, six, six, it, it no, worked out for both teams. It worked out for all right,
2: but anyway, <laughs> just you know, I listen. You give me the chance to dunk on the Vikings, I'm gonna freaking do. Yeah, it. you're
1: a Lions fan, so it's, <laughs> I should expect nothing less. When you get They're a rare chance dumb team in that yeah, division, okay, you get a rare chance to dunk on another team. You especially <laughs> got to take advantage of it. I'll tell you what. By this time next week, we might start to have a little bit. Well, maybe not next week, but certainly two weeks from now, we'll start to have a little bit of direction on what the Bills might do because. Now you're next week. We're getting into March God, free agency. Free, it starts March 16th. God, so it's crazy. only two and, half, two and a half weeks away is free agency. And I think the bills before, going in before free agency, we're going to see some cuts for sure. Some restructuring for sure. And you mm-hmm. could trade before free agency. So we'll, I think this will start to take shape in the next yeah. couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe next week we'll spend a little bit of time talking about, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, let's go get a corner. Hey, let's go get a tight end. Hey, let's go get a left guard. Maybe we'll right. start to spend a little more time talking about a couple actually specific possibilities. So,
2: yeah, I think this also be a good time to fire up the whole, get Gronk for one more year to play at home. I, I,
1: I think I've already right. used that up with people. <laughs> and they're, they're pissed off.
2: How, how many, how many people have you made mad by a saying
1: lot that? A lot. Well, guess what, Joe? It's the end of February. Guess who has not retired yet? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I do not mm-hmm. think he's going to, I don't think he's going to resign with Tampa. And. I would be willing to bet if FanDuel put out odds for Gronk's next team right now, I bet you the Bills are at the top of it. Just saying, yeah. just saying.
2: Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't they be? Like they're <laughs> they're a top five team. They're a Super Bowl favorite. It's home for him. Like.
1: Well, because, he, seems like too be, easy because he because because he gave Trey White a cheap shot four years ago, that's why oh, I guess. Yeah. Fans, Listen, he's damned forever and, now, and fans he's don't stupid. want to forgive him. I, I promise you, <laughs> Trey White. Would, I don't want to get into this again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Here, well, here's another name for you. Like, what if they got Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry was a was a douche bag to the Bills a hundred times over. Like, what if that was the guy that falls in your lap to be?
1: I don't. I'd rather have Gronk for two reasons. Oh well, yeah,
2: I'm I'm just saying, like Gronk retires, and then you're just kind of like, all right, well, let's go get a guy. Like, are Bills fans gonna still be yes. pissed about like Jarvis? Well, yeah, Jarvis Landry did it multiple times. No,
1: like just no once. Jarvis Landry essentially more or less ended Aaron Williams's career. You oh, know? Yeah, so that's right. I, I I don't ever see that. I don't ever see
2: that <laughs> yeah, that's, happening. That's probably not gonna work then. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that. My my bad. That's me not being a Bills fan, not not being wise to it. <laughs> You're
1: a Bills watcher. We say it. That's every right. Week. You're a Bills watcher. Right. I don't have Bills these things fans. committed to
2: memory. You know, like. <laughs> I can tell I, I can tell you about dumb stuff that happened to the Lions twenty years ago, but like I can't tell you about stuff something that happened five years ago or four years ago. I was probably covering that game when that happened. Who knows?
1: <laughs> Let's end with our, our weekly starting five draft. And for I don't remember the last time I've been able to say this, Joe, but you're on a, you're on a run. Uh, I'm I'm on a winning streak. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. I, um
2: I got a lot of beef with everybody, but I'm not gonna crap talk the fans but i got Why? a lot of beef with
1: crap them. talking the fans is fun man last you, week well
2: you do it you do it and you lose 15 polls in a row so i'm not <laughs> about to do it i'm not i'm not doing that but i i was very surprised well tell everybody what the what the final toll yeah
1: well about. last week we did best tv couples if people are you know if you missed last week's show i won 56 percent of the vote to 44 which by the way is is To me, that's blowout territory for me, at least anyway. The week before I won by like about, I don't know, 13 votes. It was like (laughs) 50.7 or whatever it was. But um, anyway, we did Best TV Couples. And I took Jim and Pam from The Office, Kevin and Winnie from The Wonder Years, George and Louise from The Jeffersons, Johnny and Moira from Schitt's Creek, and Marshall and Lily from How I Met Your Mother. Joe went with Ricky and Lucy from uh, I Love Lucy, Sam and Diane, Cheers, Mike and Carol Brady, Ross and Rachel, Homer and Marge. This to me because I remember us talking about this at the mm-hmm. end after we did the draft, and I thought for sure you were going to win. So trust me, I, this was an upset. This was oh, this, it, it, if this was is. if this was the NCAA tournament, this was like a a, a thirteen it was fourteen. A, oh, I was going to go thirteen four. I don't think it was quite that big. I, mean, I, I was the That's one scene difference. On. I don't care. It just sounds a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I
2: would one higher. What are you talking about?
1: I think with the power of hindsight, I think. Oh no, I
2: stick. I stick by my five every time.
1: I know you. Do, I know you do. I know minute. you do. But I'm just telling you that from I. I read some columns. I, I watched a couple TV shows who talked about our draft and the critics are saying people write columns about our draft and the critic you know oh, i need to read these. you know what the critics say ross and rachel was a big mistake
2: see i love that people were just like they they were toxic well yeah well everybody loves a drama bomb like that like (laughs) look at the stuff that runs wild on twitter people just love bullshit like they just love people that just like want to kill each other but they love each other but they kill each other like the 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 the, like i get people hating that like we've like listen i'm never defending friends ever ever <laughs> ever I know. never defending friends like that's never happening but like and by, the point that i made which probably nobody's going to listen to this either but like the point that i made was that like no matter what you say about the show like whether you loved it or hated it that couple was talked about everywhere like there how sure. many times were in the cover of like enter, entertainment weekly talked about like, Russell and rachel blah 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 blah, blah. Like, it was it was nauseating. Like that was part of the reason why I didn't want to get into Friends. It was just like Jesus Christ. Like they're, they they talk about these these characters like they're my friends, and I like I I don't like either of them. I don't like anybody on the show. So, but like you have to respect, you have to respect the show, like the the spot in pop culture that they were, which nobody did with any of my picks. Lucy and Ricky, like it's the greatest couple of all time. Greatest couple of all time. And nobody even mentioned Sam and Diane. Like in in any of our picks, nobody was. I love like, yeah, Sam pick. and Diane. What? Nobody knew? Like nobody cares?
1: People hated on you this week. couple things.
2: Fucking jerks.
1: Sam and they're Diane crazy. was. I'm a
2: jerk. I do
1: you jerk. <laughs> Noted jerk. Sam and mm. Diane was a great pick. Ricky and Lucy, I think maybe young people that know or didn't care. No I'll respect. say this, by the way, they, we said best TV couple. I watch, and we'll right. talk about this another time. I watched being the Ricardos this week, the movie, and they weren't a great off-screen couple. They were a great on-screen couple, which got nothing to do with our poll. I just wanted to throw it out there. I watched that movie. It was pretty, with Nicole Kidman, it was pretty uh, mm-hmm. fascinating. I never knew, really knew that story. What a lot of people were saying, you know, we got the usual, you you guys both sucked, and here's my undrafted free agent list. Which, that's fun. I, I, I mean- as the people, one
2: that got me was people picking other five couples and be like these are better than your two and i'm like i don't think so <laughs> like, i i really don't well, think so that's the like, fans
1: having fun i get it. i agree I, you're 100 right something else i agree with you with um i agree with you with that didn't sound right but anyway <laughs> a lot of people were saying that monica and chandler were a better couple than ross and rachel and i'm like no 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 no, no. i mean i, I hate that, that show but no, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I
2: said during our draft that I was like, if I wanted to lose on purpose, I would pick them. <laughs> because people would be like, you picked a friend's couple, you didn't even pick the, the good one. And then people were just, oh, you should have picked the other couple. and even yeah. the good one. Like, shut up. I, I, head I, head.
1: I think that was, and, I, and again, I think Mike and Carol Brady, I, it was a good pick. I liked the pick. And uh, everybody, they, it just everybody knows the goddamn Brady Bunch. I know, it just didn't resonate. For, I don't know, man. It just didn't resonate. not resonate my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Well, let's see what resonates with this week draft, because we're going to be doing... A starting five draft of Will Ferrell movies. And uh, let me say this before we, we get into our draft and who's you're going to have the, you're going to have the first pick. Is it me this week? Yeah. Cause I had, I had, yeah, the yeah, yeah, you did. I took first, Pam you and Jim. Three. I felt obligated to do that. Well, yes, you have to. I, I'll say this about Will Ferrell. You, and sometimes people, you don't really look at it this way, but mm-hmm. he's right up there, man, with Eddie Murphy and, and Bill Murray and and Dan Aykroyd and mm-hmm. maybe uh, Adam Sandler, like the greatest, former Saturday night live cast member to go on and become big movie stars. He's right up there Mm -hmm. with the biggest to ever do it. And he's got a shitload of good movies. Certainly enough that between the two of us, we're going to be able to pick 10. I do want to preface one thing. I don't even know if I've talked to you about this, but I want to make this really clear before we draft. When I say Will Ferrell movies, it's not just a movie that he appeared in. Like he has to either be the star of the movie or one of the co-stars like right. he, it can't be a, something that he's had a bit part in. Like I'll give you an example for everyone listening because I'm sure people are gonna, if they're not listening, they're gonna say, "Why don't we take Wedding Crashers?" Wedding Crashers is about Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Right. He's got a very small part. It was he's the fucking, guy that lives on a couch. Yeah, Chaz the, who crashes yeah. the funerals. He he fit, he learned how to crash funerals to pick up mm-hmm. chicks. But my point is, you know, man, the beat, little Fuck, yeah. I mean, he's got some. Yeah. Funny-ass great, lines. Great lines, but, yeah, but
0: he's not the star. Yeah, he's, he's not the scene. star.
1: He's just got a he's got a very small role in it. So mm-hmm. no movies like Wedding Crasher diddle ditto for, for Zoolander. You know, that was about Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, and I don't think yeah. he had a, a big enough role in it. I mean- He's definitely a supporting role, but like, I mean, that's right. bigger than his role in Wedding Oh, Crasher, much bigger. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, Zoolander, I, I guess you could probably make an argument, but anyway, let's stay away from those. Let's do movies that he's either the star, one of the co-stars- Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's in it a ton. So I think uh, that
2: makes it more interesting because if we're picking out like pop-in roles like that are very memorable, then that just makes it way too. Right. That makes it way too stupid. I Plus agree. people will pick it apart too. People got are going to yell at us anyways. That That is the accepted part of it.
1: <laughs> people are
2: just going to yell at us for being dumb regardless.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I agree on your percent. All right, man. So you got first pick here, man. Let's, let's uh, see what this you do. Is
2: a, this is a very easy first pick for me. It's anchor man. Very I, easy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, it's very easy. Yes. I listen. Your next two picks are probably also picks that should that could be number one. At least I would hope so. I can't always say that when it comes to you because you sometimes go way off the map. But um <laughs> but like Anchorman is like find me another movie that's quoted as much all over the place with just like dumb stuff. People that don't even realize they're quoting the movie or quoting the movie, you know. Like it's it's such a ridiculous, over-the-top, insane role. And he's the only person, he's the perfect person that, that can do that. Nobody else is going to take Ron Burgundy and make that a good role. Nobody, there's nobody else that can play Ron Burgundy and make it as good or better.
1: I want to be that's, clear. That's, that's number one. I want to be clear. Okay. Just so mm-hmm. you don't, um, you're not confused by what I said. Right. I, he was, anchor man was number one on my board too. So if I had first pick Can I would take Grief, grief. Four. I'm on. giving you Grief cuz I don't think it was an easy pick. It wasn't a slam no dunk. It wasn't it Tony is. Soprano taking Best Sopranos characters. I don't agree with that. Oh. But it, it, it was it was number 1 on my board. What a great freaking movie that was by yeah. the way. Jesus. That movie elevated every single person who was in it. All of them. Yes. All yes. of them. It was like, especially Steve Steve Carell. Especially was by the way we could yeah. get to no a point we might be able to do one of a draft with him pretty soon. Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, like yeah, you know, on, like man. every everybody in that movie was just like they were all they great.
2: Even like uh Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn was like had like what three scenes in it. Yeah, him and him and Will Ferrell just going at each other in every scene is amazing. It
1: was it was good it was good. All right, so I got two here. Mm-hmm. First one I'm going with, and this is why I said because this was like my one B is uh okay. Step Brothers. Okay. I, I, I love Step Brothers, Brendan Huff, John C. Riley is Dale Dobek. I dude, <laughs> I still th- that was one B for me, man. That's why I said this wasn't yeah. so easy. I, I feel like you don't you don't agree with that whatsoever. Which is No, I mean Step
2: Brothers, I listen, if you left Step Brothers on the board, I'm taking it. Like immediately right after that um but like is that character better than anchorman like i think it, it, i think stepbrothers benefits he he's benefited more by john c Riley being equal or greater than him to the you know to the task because they're such idiots together like any anything that they're paired up in it's freaking hilarious it is
1: That that might be, by the way, that might be a top five most rewatched movie for me, man. I probably have watched Step Brothers a million times. Yeah, I'm not saying Will Ferrell is like (laughs) the star, but it is a movie he starred in or co-starred, man. So it's eligible. And I'm all over that. Catalina wine mixer, you know. (laughs) Well, it was an F word, man. (laughs) Goddamn. But uh, all right, so and here's my second pick, and this one is an easy. Mm -hmm. But um, I I gotta go. Talladega Nights, the Legend of Ricky Bobby. Man, his character in that is so funny. He he's so good at taking a character and just making it so ridiculous. I don't want to say it's believable because it's certainly not believable. But there's so many memorable lines and moments from that movie, man. Um, Mm -hmm. it's another one I could just watch over and over. Don't really need to say much more than that, man. Fucking Ricky Bobby. So yeah, Talladega Nights. (laughs) Ricky Booby. Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, <laughs> and Step Brothers. That's going to put you on the clock for two. I do think now this should start to get a little bit harder.
2: It's going to get hairy soon. Uh, hopefully, right after my next two selections, because because uh, if it gets if I I think if I left either of these movies on the board, uh, I would be in serious trouble because then I. Because then you could rightfully accuse me of trying to trying to pick like the critic favorite movies. And then be like, no, sometimes you have to go with the crowd. Sometimes you have to just be like, no, that's actually the best thing, which uh, my next two picks are are old school. Mm-hmm. He's Frank the tank. And I think this I was worried that you were going to say that old school would fall under that. He's not the main guy in the movie. But I was like, Ew. That's like, there's three stars in that movie. Yeah, basically.
1: he's, he's, he's one of the, he's equally as important as anyone else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. So, yeah.
2: So, yeah. So I, like old school, like the Frank, the tank character is probably a little bit too identifiable <laughs> to people our <laughs> age. Oh, <laughs> way too. Oh, I, I can't, I just can't get into it. Then he's streaking, <laughs> you, know, he's, you know, he's doing, he's doing like uh keg stands and he's just being a maniac. Like, yeah.
1: Before you make your Get next it. pick, before you make your next pick, I, w- okay. I want to say something. These first four, for me, were on a separate level. After this, I don't yeah. know that it's quite clear and cut and dry. If I think old school was easily the top four, and I probably, mm-hmm. if I struggled with one thing, it would have been that, or Talladega Knights with my third yeah. pick. So it could have went either way. I just happen yeah. to like Talladega Knights very, very slightly more. But anyway, to me, the first four were very obvious. Now yeah. I just didn't know what order. Now I'm not, at this point, I don't know. I like, I don't know what you're taking now. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm
2: surprised you're saying that because the next pick is Elf.
1: Okay. I don't I, like Elf
2: He's that much. he. Well, I, listen, I'm not the biggest Elf fan either, but he drives the movie.
1: <laughs> he drives the movie.
2: He's freaking he insane. Like he's just, he's he's basically playing a five-year-old in a giant human body (laughs) through that whole movie. And it's, you know, like that's, it's, it's a softer version of Will Ferrell. Like old school is the more adult version of Will Ferrell. I think, you know, Anchorman's kind of that way too. Elf is more like the, uh, you know, he, like you can have kids watch Elf and just be like, ah, it's funny. He's great. If people love him, he's a big goofball. So yeah, I, I, but yeah, Elf, I got to I got to sit back and watch Elf again at some point probably not now cuz it's not Christmas. <laughs> yeah, next I December. can't be I can't be bothered with Christmas stuff right now. But yeah, I got to I got to watch it again and just get really kind of soak into it more cuz it was a movie that it was a little bit past me being interested in like something like that, I guess. Um like a goofy ass Christmas movie. I'm just kind of like, yeah. I just kind of roll right. my eyes a lot of the times at Christmas movies, especially newer ones. Uh, which I think, I think we think we discovered that when we did when we did that starting five. Yeah, but I got my I got um, crushed.
1: <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's you fine. owned me Christmas. My one is like, I, wait, you owe me Christmas month, man. I got fucking three weeks. I got my ass. You know, hate weeks.
2: Christmas for it. Yeah, so I do. That's fine. But it's yeah, pick, I, it's a good pick. I you know, I the, I respect the performance of him and Elf because it's it's such an insane role and like he he just does it great.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. So I got two here. That's good like, uh, i just <laughs> begrudgingly not big, agreeing just, like, not, ah, I'm sorry. not a big big elf guy all right i got to. this is another one where he's a uh he's a co-star in this movie along marky mark i always will call him Marky mark by the way the other guys i love this one. movie um right what was it detective alan gamble dude how could you not pick a movie where Will Ferrell's a pimp, and he doesn't even know that he's a pimp. They never even knew he was a pimp. He's got the hot-ass wife. He was so dorky and nerdy, but all the chicks were crazy attractive to him, which Marky Mark never understood. He drove the Prius, dude. That movie was awesome. The Rock was in it. He didn't have a big role. Michael Keaton kept having TLC references throughout the movie. Fucking loved that movie, and I loved – I mean, this isn't about best movies that Will Ferrell are in. It's about him, Um, but I loved him – and uh, I loved him and the other guys, so I'm gonna pick that. And then <laughs> I gotta slap this picture up again. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you won't see the picture, but if you're on YouTube, you will. <laughs> One of my favorite picture promo <laughs> pictures ever. The movie is semi-pro, and of course, it's a picture of Will Ferrell naked with just a just a basketball in it's front of Burt him. Burt Reynolds like photo.
2: Yeah, dude.
1: <laughs> again, he was such a fucking ridiculous character, and it was based in the '70s. It was just. The scenery, everything was so cool. Jackie Moon was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Two things that stick out to me about that movie with him specifically was his song, Love Me Sexy. And then there's lyrics that I won't even get into on this podcast because they're a lot more sexually <laughs> suggestive. But the the opening of the song that he had a, a hit record with back in the day was hilarious. And then he was arguing with the referee and he lost his temper and the referee called it technical. He goes, fuck you, I'll murder your family. This is just the way he said it <laughs> and how quickly he did. But, yeah, I mean, Woody Harrelson was in it. There are a lot of people in that movie. But for me, far and away, uh, Will Ferrell as Jackie Moon was the star of that. I don't know how that's going to play with fans. You know what? This is that one pick where I really don't give a shit. I love this movie, so, and I love him in it. So I'm going to pick him. You've done three. So you're going to have two more to close yeah, this that's up. That's
2: my last, last two here. That... That scene in semi pro always makes me think of the scene in old school where they're going around picking up the, the, uh, the, 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 the plebs And then like <laughs> master puppet starts roaring and then the van comes tearing around, yeah. and he picks, up,
0: he picks <laughs> up the guy and he's,
2: like, the woman's terrified. He's like, oh, and he's, he's like, you tell anybody about this. I'll kill you. And she's like, Oh, and he's like, no, I'm just kidding. We'll have just him kidding. back later tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like that kills me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, that by the way, was a surreal theater experience seeing old school in the theater because that was one of a handful of times i've seen a movie where the entire theater is just pissing themselves laughing yeah the whole time. yeah um so okay th- my last two well i'm gonna go with blades of glory uh whether that's spurred on by the winter olympics coming to an end or not uh blades of glory is an insane role it for is for him like (laughs) when you like when you tell people like will ferrell's in a figure skating movie it's like what what do you mean as michael michaels yeah yeah, yeah. he's. but it's like it's the perfect that's like the perfect thing to put him in just something completely dumb and over the top and silly and yeah he's like that's a that's a great role for it is
1: that's a good pick uh, that's gonna score well too i predict
2: i think so i mean semi-pro is gonna score well for you too like i you know there's so much insane shit in that movie too. Like it, like every movie has to have insane stuff. My, my last pick though, is I don't know if this falls in with more of a traditional comedy role, uh, but stranger than fiction. That's where he's got, he's got what Emma Thompson narrating his life as he walks around, Mm -hmm. like makes him crazy. Like that's that whole premise is just, wonderful. Plus I mean if I was walking around all day and had Emma Thompson's voice in my head I would just be like oh this rules. This is this is so good. Um but yeah, that's uh, like that that role of him just being just like just getting tortured.
1: It's a good pick. is is great. It's a good pick. I don't know how that'll resonate. Then again the eh, I mean do I it's probably about? not going to resonate but like listen the like Dude, you said, sometimes the bottom, you got to make a pick. is going to get, be weird. Sometimes you got to make a pick that you believe in for better or for worse, man. All right, so I got the last pick of this draft, and uh, I was... I, I, I don't know where you're
2: going with this, honestly.
1: I don't know where I'm going with it either, because I was kind of hoping and, and I was going to jump on Blades of Glory, and I would have been so happy to do that with the last pick, so...
2: I, I honestly thought you were going to pick Semi-Pro and Blades of Glory back-to-back back and just completely F me with that.
1: <laughs> I was be like, cool. I am, I'm stuck on one of two at this point, and I'm going to pick a movie... That I thought he was really funny. And and it's supposed to be like a kid's movie, but it turns mm-hmm. into Will Ferrell's kind of becomes a psycho coach movie. Um kicking and screaming. Oh yeah. Such mm-hmm. a great movie. He plays Phil Weston. Uh Mike Dick is in that movie. And yeah, he's just this everyday soccer dad, you know, who coaches. He doesn't know a lot about soccer, but you know, he's just a he's a great guy. And then he kind of mm-hmm. gets competitive and, and he starts to go nuts and he starts becoming a coffee freak and drinking those cappuccino and all other crazy coffee shit that he had. And he was, and then of course, again, kids movie, you know, he redeems himself and yada, 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 yada. But he was absolutely fucking hilarious. In this movie, dude. Because <laughs> in fact, here here's a fun fact, an email address to this very day that I still use is a, uh, the juice box guy. And by and what I say by that is he, he started calling Mike Dick if you remember in that movie a scene. He, he told him to go get him juice boxes and he starts calling Mike Dick a juice box guy. So I have an email <laughs> that to this day it's the juice box guy at yahoo.com if anyone ever wants to email me. But um that might you <laughs> I was gonna say more, but then I'm like, hold on, I might get into a uh, password yeah, acting yeah, territory. Don't <laughs> dox <talk to> yourself. <laughs>
2: don't don't do that.
1: <laughs> But no, I, I love that movie, The Juice Box Guy. That that was funny. All right, let me recap these here. Actually, there's a couple that I had written down. They were like in case of emergency picks, which mm-hmm. by the way, my list went, uh, the only one that wasn't on my top seven or eight that got picked here. Um, well, I didn't have Stranger and Fiction on my top seven mm-hmm. rate, is, is Elf, just because I personally don't like Elf that much, but I know everybody loves Elf. I get it. Mm-hmm. And he was really funny in it, so- I just I don't know I I, I couldn't do it. But anyway,
2: I, I hope that I hope you're not like summoning all the responses. I to probably this, am. I to probably the tweets am. you're going to get for these.
1: The the couple that I had written down that neither of us took was um, the campaign. I don't know if you've seen that with Zach. Uh, what the hell is that
2: guy? Zach Efron?
1: No, 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 no. Um, not not the pretty Zach. The the bearded ugly ass one was oh Zach cast. Galifianakis. Yeah yeah. 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 It was okay. I thought he was pretty, yeah, but he was pretty funny. He was a corrupt, shitty politician in that movie. I mm-hmm. thought he was good in that. So I wrote that down. Um, I think of not- that
2: way more of a Galifianakis movie really, because yeah. he's just such an insane person. Yeah. Yeah, know, yeah. I but. agree.
1: I agree. A night at the Roxbury is one that I wrote yeah. down, but I wasn't a big fan of that either. And, and get Hard a more, a little more recent movie he did with, uh, Kevin Hart. I'll, I'll tell you this, Joe, before mm-hmm. we go over these picks. I'm just glad Anchorman Two wasn't on your list because that mm.
2: ranks up there with Caddyshack Two as yeah. uh, awful sequel.
1: Yeah, it's watchable and it. If, if you're giving it the I best, don't really want if, if you're giving it the best compliment you could possibly give it, you would say it's to- not watchable. It's tolerable. It wasn't fun. It wasn't good. But here, here's the thing: for people who are like, "Well, Will Ferrell," let me tell you this: from 2003 to 2008, old school Elf, Anchorman, kicking and screaming, Talladega Nights. Blades of Glory, Semi-Pro, Step Brothers. He did all those movies in a five-year span from 2003 to 2008. Man, that's a run right there, man. That's,
2: that's a sick run. <laughs> that is a
1: that is that's a that is a run. All right, let man. me re, let me recap these picks for everybody out there. All right, so Joe, who had first pick, he took Anchorman, Old School, Elf, Blades of Glory, and Stranger Than Fiction. I took Step Brothers. Talladega Nights, the other guys, semi-pro, kicking and screaming. Final thoughts. Uh
2: I don't know what to predict. I, I don't thought, either. I like last week has broken me from trying to predict anything. I don't know how anything works anymore. So, thank thank you, uh, fans of the show, for breaking my brain. That's that's really cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> By the way, last can you believe how fast this month and this year's already gone this is the last friday show of february next friday oh we're already in march man it's shavrock run weekend in buffalo next uh next weekend march 5th i i will
2: not be participating in that because i don't run
1: oh, i ain't running, no. either. I'm, I'm running. <laughs> I, I ain't running <laughs> <laughs> now if
2: anybody wants to like to get the post-show beer after the run yeah i'm there for that but like running. Absolutely not.